Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on betonline.net as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, we're going to recap the first two games of the World Series. We have Game 3 tonight. Uh, discuss Kyrie Irving, uh, some quarterback play with uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Uh, talk about the Week 8 recap of the NFL season. Make my parlay picks. We'll check in on the NBA. Uh, we'll talk about some college football news as well. Uh, so first, we'll get started here with the MLB World Series. Uh, like I said, Game 3 is tonight. Uh, so right now it's tied 1-1. Uh, Phillies took the first one. After being down 5-0, uh, they came back against Verlander, and um, they ended up winning that game. Um, and then this Game 2, Houston you know, was pretty much dominating them, and uh, Phillies showed some signs of life, but um, couldn't, couldn't get close enough to... Um, to make it interesting, but the first game was good. That one went to uh, extra innings, 10 innings, but it's been a good World Series so far. Um, so we have game three tonight in Philly. Uh, so recapping yesterday's games, uh, there was some good ones. Um, 49ers dominating the Los Angeles Rams, 31 to 14. Uh, even without Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey was amazing. He had the triple crown, threw for a touchdown pass caught a touchdown pass and rushed for a touchdown. Uh, this is what's going to be like, you know, playing in uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, they gave him the ball a lot. You know, he had a lot of receiving yards. I think he had like 39, 40 fantasy points. But those, you know, a couple other players who had three touchdowns, uh, A.J. Brown, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Alvin Kamara of uh, the New Orleans Saints. But, uh, yeah, for the 49ers, they looked great, um, you know, LA did not. Uh, Kyle Shanahan drip a good game plan. Uh, even Jimmy Garoppolo would look great. He was trying so hard to throw an interception a couple times, but luckily didn't. Um, so yeah, they dominated. Uh, Sunday night game was Bills against the Packers. Bills dominated 27-17. Aaron Rodgers just looks, you know, absolutely done. You know, he just, you know, they don't have any consistent wide receivers. They're not relying on the running game. Uh, consistently enough and uh, their defense was supposed to be good defense has not been great at all um so yeah they're he's just not looking good he looks like he should have retired probably uh but the division this is what it looks like uh with the afc east um bill six and one jets five and three dolphins still five and three patriots are four and four that's a Pretty uh, exciting division, actually. Uh, you have the Jets surprising some people, but uh, those are the standings so far. AFC North is kind of up and down. The Ravens, you know, I don't feel really good about the Ravens, but they're 5-3. and three. 
Uh, Bengals and Browns play tonight. Uh, Bengals four and three. Browns not good. Two and five, and then the Steelers are two and two and six. Davis South is surprising. Uh, the Titans, I thought they were just going to be terrible this year, as I said on previous podcasts. But now, you know, they turned to Malik Willis. Uh, Derrick Henry was eating against the Houston Texans defense, score, uh, rushed for 200 yards. They won. Uh, so now the Titans with Malik Willis are now 5-2, and two, uh, leading the division. The Colts uh, benching Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's probably done. Uh, he was injured, but they're starting Sam Ellinger now. They benched for the rest of the season. So he's owed some money next year, but... Um, quarterback, old quarterbacks going to new places has not worked out well. Even quarterbacks staying in the same place, like Aaron Rodgers, did not work out well. Russell Wilson just looks terrible. Um, and you know that trade? I'm going all over the place, but that trade for uh, for the Eagle, not the Eagles, the uh, the Broncos and the Seahawks was great for Seattle, which is crazy because Geno Smith is having a resurgent year. Uh, they're leading the division actually now, um, which is crazy. Five and three Seahawks. Uh, but we'll get into that more in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so Matt Ryan benched for the rest of the season. He's probably done in the NFL, I would say, because he's 37, 38 years old. And uh, for Indianapolis, you know, they, they've they been cycling through quarterbacks ever since Andrew Luck retired. You know, they brought in Phillip Rivers, uh, Matt Ryan. I think they had, who else did they have? Jacob Brissett. They had, like, six quarterbacks since that's happened. And, you know, they have a, they have a good offensive line. Um, they're not relying on Jonathan Taylor as much, which they should be. Their defense is supposed to be a lot better than it is. Uh, but they're 3-4-1, and one, and that team is just, they're supposed to be good. They're supposed to be great, you know, with a quarterback, but it just has not worked out well at all for them. Uh, Jacksonville, was they were showing some promise for a little bit, right? Uh, but now they fall to 2-6, Texans 1-5-1. and, five and one. Uh, AFC West, you have the Chiefs 5-2, and two, Chargers 4-3, and three, both had a bye. Broncos and Raiders have just been so disappointing. Uh, Broncos celebrating winning in London against the Jaguars, three and five. So that's where that's where Broncos country is right now. Uh, the Raiders get shut out completely by uh, the New Orleans Saints, two and five. Derek Carr had one fantasy point. If I'm the Raiders, I after this season, if you win, what if you're like four, four and. Uh, 13 whatever um i'd probably i'd try to see if i could get rid of Derek carr um i think i'm done with josh mcdaniels as a head coach he just for some reason he's good he's great as a play caller and an offensive coordinator some guys aren't meant to be head coaches and that's fine but we gotta stop giving this guy opportunity after opportunity he had an opportunity with the colts but then he turned him down last minute and then went back to the uh to the patriots so he left he left the Colts scrambling for another head coach, so that wasn't good. He's just been, I don't know, he just has been a disaster. NFC East is actually good this year. Eagles 7-0, Cowboys back with uh, with Dak Prescott 6-2. The Giants just losing to the uh, the Seahawks, who are good now, as I mentioned earlier, 6-2. Uh, and, and then the Commanders are 4-4. Four and four. They look a lot better with uh, Taylor Heineke, the, the Commanders, but uh, still in last place in the division. But that might be the best division in football this year, which is crazy. NFC North, you have the Vikings running away with the division at 6-1. Packers, uh, mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers just looks completely done, 3-5. Same with the Bears, 3-5. And, and then the Lions, you know, only 1-6. So they're number one in the draft order right now if the, if the season ended today. Um, so maybe they should just tank the rest of the season, draft C.J. Stroud or whoever you want as quarterback, and then just rebuild it but i think dan campbell's safe there um they like him a lot of people like him and you know they just they realize that they're a quarterback short 
Um, but yeah, one and six there. NFC South is getting interesting. Your Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota leading the division four and four. Had that crazy game against uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Buccaneers fall to three and five. Saints three and five, and Bucks or Panthers two and six. With the Buccaneers, you know, it was an easy division, so I was expecting them to win it. Um, they seem like they might not make the playoffs this season. They still can, obviously, because of how weak the division is. But um, you know, the only reason why I mention is because Tom Brady is playing terribly. But you know, his divorce got announced and it's finalized, I guess. Um, and it's showing that he's having a lot of issues in his personal life. You know, he is human. Um, you know, because we always thought, oh, you know, it's football, football, football. You know, he's going to, you know, he literally sacrificed a marriage for football because that was kind of the ultimatum with Giselle was you either retire and spend time with family or, you know, you could play football, but it seemed like we're done. And it seemed like that was her ultimatum. And he was like, you know what, I, I'm retiring. And then he just decided to come back and play football. So he's super dedicated. But I mean, I don't think we need to trash him. Like people are trashing him online and making fun of him because of a divorce. Like breakup suck, dude. You know, like long-term relationships ending suck because you have to, your whole life changes. You have to, some people have to move, start new jobs, you know, move to a new city. Like it just sucks. And then if, especially if there's kids involved and then they have to see their parents' names in the news and stuff all the time, like it just sucks. And who are we to, to make fun of other people for going through that? Like it's just, it's just an unfortunate situation, but it is affecting his play on the field is what we can see. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh. He looks completely lost, and um, that offense is not gelling at all. He's like missing throws to Mike Evans, and then their defense isn't as good, and they have like their run game is inconsistent. So I don't know. I don't think it's all on Brady. I think it's all of them like collectively, like as an organization. And it just, I mean, it felt weird when he came back. I'm just like, well, I'm like, you got to be done, Tom. Like, you, you have nothing else to prove. Like, why is he coming back? But he's a 45 year old man. And we're finally seeing like some signs that he's human, and you know that it nothing lasts forever, right? So, uh, yeah, I don't. They don't look. They look like a disastrous uh, team right now. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Um, back to the NFC West. Seahawks five and three. Uh, the year of Geno Smith. I'm happy for Geno Smith. Uh, betting on himself four years in a row. He took a one year contract with the Seattle Seahawks. They trade for Drew Lock. You think Drew Lock might be the starter? Uh, quarterback competition started and Geno Smith took over. He's really showing that he's a leader. You know, he had, I, I liked him coming out of West Virginia. Then he had his, his issues with the jets and he punched that linebacker in the face for like $50 or something like that. And then he had his opportunity with the giants, but then they benched him for the Eli Manning thing. And then he's been in Seattle. He's been a backup this whole time, but um, you know, he's obviously learned and matured a lot because he's always had a, a big arm. And you're seeing it here with the Seahawks are good now. Five and three is crazy. I thought they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they found a great running back in Kenneth Walker, rookie running back there after they had injuries and early retirements from their other running backs. Their defense looks good. They've won three straight. Uh, then the 49ers are four and four. You know, they're just figuring out how to gel with Christian McCaffrey. As I mentioned earlier, he had the triple crown, uh, three different touchdowns. And Jimmy Garoppolo looked good. Their defense looked a lot better. Um, Rams and Cardinals three and four and three and five. They just look, uh, they just look terrible. Moving on to week nine of the NFL season. Uh, let's see. So we have, well, this is for week eight, I guess, but, uh, so week nine, Thursday night game would be the Eagles at Houston. That one's easy. I'll bet that one. That's minus 800 Eagles. Texans are just God awful. Uh, there's no fighting them at all. 
Uh, Sunday, let's see, we have Packers at Lions. This one could go either way, honestly, I feel like. But um, I'll take the Packers, minus 180. Vegas at uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's even, even money line there. I'll I'm gonna go with the Raiders, minus 120. I don't know why they're favored there. Uh, Chargers at Falcons. Chargers had bye week get to get some rest there. Um, I'm believing in the Falcons. I'm going Falcons plus 135. I like the resurgence of Marcus Mariota. Uh, Bills at Jets. Bills heavily favored, minus 600, taking Buffalo. Uh, the Colts at Patriots. I will take the Patriots, minus 260. Dolphins at Bears. I'm going with the Dolphins, minus 210. And then... Vikings Commanders, Vikings minus 180. Kirk Cousins actually looks really good. Uh, Vikings might be, I mean, their only loss was, was that against the Eagles early in the season? I think that was like the Sunday night game. Uh, Seahawks at Cardinals going Seahawks plus 110. Rams and Bucks. This would be a rematch of last year's, was it the divisional game? Um, I, I really don't know. They're both playing just got off of football right now. I guess I would say the Rams at plus 140. I don't know why Tampa Bay is favored there. They're both equally as bad, I think. Uh, Chiefs and Titans is Sunday night football. I'm going to the Chiefs minus 550. And then you have the Monday night game, which is Ravens at Saints. I'm going Ravens minus 165. So that's our 12 picks for the odds of uh, plus 26,654. Put ten dollars, you win uh, twenty six hundred dollars. So those are the picks for week nine. Moving on to college football, uh, I just wanted to talk about the Pac twelve here for a little bit because uh, you know people always make fun of the Pac twelve and their football and that we're terrible. We have like four teams, five teams ranked in the top twenty five right now. Uh, Oregon, who's having a great year after their terrible loss against Georgia in the opening week, they're seven and one, ranked eighth in the country. USC, similar, 7-1, ranked 9th in the country. UCLA, 7-1, ranked 10th in the country. Utah, 6-2, ranked 12th in the country. And my Oregon State Beavers finally ranked for the first time, and it feels like since like 2014 or something like that, since when they had Sean Mannion. Ranked 24th in the country, guys. 6-2, winners of the, of the last three great games. Uh, their offense looks great. Defense looks good. I'm excited. I'm happy for the Pac-12, specifically Oregon State and Jonathan Smith turning that program around, ranked 24th. Um, seems like we're on a collision course there with the Ducks. Hopefully there's a, a great civil war where we're both ranked, or I hope they're ranked top five and, and Beavers are, you know, you can put us at 15 we'll, or leave us at 24. You know, don't give us any credit and then we'll see. When the Civil War happens, I'm still calling it the Civil War, and hopefully the Beavers upset the Oregon Ducks. But, um, yeah, great for the Pac-12. Even though USC and UCLA are leaving uh, next year, the 9 and 10, it's really good to see both those programs, L.A. schools. You know, you have, you have a lot of great athletes that are from L.A. going to L.A. schools now instead of going somewhere else. But um, I'm just so happy for the Pac-12. Finally turning around in football. Uh, but I guess if you want to talk about the other rankings, you still have Georgia number one, eight and zero; Tennessee eight and zero, number two, uh, tied with Ohio State actually, and then Michigan number four, Clemson uh, is number five, and then uh, Alabama outside looking in at seven and one, and then TCU still undefeated, ranked seventh, and then you have um, 
other than the Pac-12 schools, Ole Miss at number 11, Kansas State 6-2, and two, but um, LSU 6-2 and two, also with Brian Kelly. Uh, but yeah, very, very exciting um, for the Pac-12. So that's, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, people know and people talk about the Pac-12 instead of the, the SEC and all these other schools. Um, anyway, moving on to the NBA, um, want to talk about Kyrie Irving for a little bit, not because of, of his play, but as we've all heard, everyone has now cut ties with Kanye West. Um, I think that dude needs some help. Um but he posted a bunch of anti-Semitic um, stuff on social media and, you know, um, basically, yeah, anti-Jew and, you know, blaming them for slavery and all this stuff. Um, so naturally, you know, Adidas cut ties and uh, there's actually a really funny SNL skit um, about how he went. He stormed into Skechers and then Skechers turned him down. Um, it was pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, so everyone, you know, he's pretty much done after this now. Um, and then Donda Sports, he had an agency. Jalen Brown and Aaron Donald left him. And, you know, there was some people who were defending him, like, oh, you know, it's just Kanye or whatever. But it's like, dude, like, look at what he said. It's just some pretty terrible things. But then moving on here to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie had this, he shared a video or a link to a movie on Amazon. I forget what it was called, but basically it's based off a book that uh, talks about it blames uh, Jewish people for slavery. It says they brought everybody on ships or whatever. Um, it's it's a conspiracy theorist movie and it's anti-Semitic. It's filled with all that stuff and the book is too. And he shares it online on his platform and then he's and then Nick Ferdell, the reporter for he's an ESPN reporter who covers the Brooklyn Nets. He's asking him after the game like, hey Kyrie, like, what what's up with this video and or this movie that you shared? Like, can you explain that? And they have this back and forth, and he's like, "I don't." He's asked me a basketball question. So why are you asking me this question? It's like, dude, if you share something that's filled with hate like that, and you can't explain it, then why are you sharing it? Like, if he has no knowledge of his platform that he has and the impact that it has, because other people see that and they're like, they'll agree with Kyrie Irving. And sure enough, you go on Bleacher Report or ESPN, look at the comments of the of this story. And people were like, oh, oh, shame on the reporter for not asking basketball questions. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Basketball players are the ones that like talking about other things besides basketball. They're the ones who want to talk about Black Lives Matter and other stuff or like they want to um, give money to, you know, hurricane reliefs and stuff like other stuff like that. They're, they're the, it's a sport where people are talking about things outside of the sport. And as soon as Kyrie Irving shares his thoughts on Twitter, shares a link to a movie that's not okay with people. Then, then he's asked there. He's asked about it. Now all of a sudden he does, he only wants to talk about basketball and doesn't want to be asked a question, but he, he's always thinking he's the smartest person in the room, but the smartest person in the room should be able to explain why they shared that video, why they shared the, the link to that movie. And if you can't explain it, then maybe you're not the smartest person in the world in the room. And he, he just doesn't realize the impact of like his platform and like what he's doing to people and he's he's spreading this hate and then it took him like three days to delete the post but then he's like his back and forth was just like immature and childish like he's a grown-ass man and he can't explain like he's i think he's my age he's like he's 30 years old and he can't explain why he shared that on his social media platform and nick fordell shout out to nick fordell he was very professional about it asked him first about it and then Kyrie was trying to shut him down and he didn't take no for an answer. He he followed up twice with the same question. He's like, well, can you just explain it? And he's like, oh, now you're going to clip this and now you're going to be famous or whatever. He's like, no, 
I just I just want to better understand why you shared this. And it wasn't about fame. Like this dude's doing his job. That's a reporter's job is to to ask appropriate questions. And like the Brooklyn Nets have been terrible this year. You know, like Ben Simmons. I think the most points he's scored this year has been eight, maybe seven points. He's fouled out twice. His defense isn't as good. Kyrie Irving was kind of inconsistent, but he's had, you know, a couple good games here and there. And, and so has KD, but that team is flawed. And then Joe Sy, the, the president, he came out and said he was, he released a statement. He's like, oh, I'm disappointed Kyrie Irving. Okay, we could just be disappointed in our children, but you can't be disappointed into a 30-year-old professional athlete. Like, you got to cut ties with them. The time is up, man. The time is up. Like, it's just as an organization and as a league, you can't keep having people like this in in the NBA. And it's not even worth it. Like, there's always going to be something with Kyrie. Last year, he had the COVID vaccine prep that he was he was he was um, refusing to take and all this. And he's there's always something with him. He just disappears. And now this is like this is crossing the line. Like, how could you still be employed? If uh, like, what if you had a white basketball player saying, you know, he's against Black Lives Matter or whatever the hell, and um, he was he was saying some racist stuff or he shared some Alex Jones stuff on his Twitter, which Kyrie Irving has done in the past. He's shared Alex Jones stuff. Alex Jones, a known conspiracy theorist. What if a, a white basketball player did that and it was sharing conspiracies about Black Lives Matter? How would the NBA handle that? Look what they did with Robert Sarver and. Um, What's his name? Donald Sterling. Like, is it just because it's in a it's a different situation? I I mean I don't know. If I was Josiah or if I was a Brooklyn Nets, I would find out a way to get out of this contract with Kyrie Irving as soon as possible. Because I'm tired of having I would be tired of having him on my team that I own, having to defend his actions or having to speak out publicly about what he's doing. Like he knows what he's doing. He or he so claims that he's the smartest person, but he only went to Duke for four months. So, I mean, how smart could you be if you believe all these conspiracy theories and then you, I mean, he, early in his career, which it wasn't as serious, but he said that the earth was flat. Like, come on. And he actually believed it. And then he said he was joking. Like, dude, you're not a funny person. You're not joking. Like, you, people could usually tell and someone's being sarcastic. You weren't being sarcastic. But um, moving on here now, we'll, we'll talk about NBA, see where things Oh, first, another thing on the Brooklyn Nets. Did you guys notice when uh, Steve Nash got ejected against the Bucks? I feel like he was telling his team that he's not soft and he's like, he's going to fight for them. You know, this classic coach, like, Hey, I'm in it for you guys. Cause then it's just seemed like a fake, like tantrum. Like he, I've never seen Steve Nash mad like that before. And then he threw something when he was walking out threw something against the wall. I don't know. I just did. I didn't believe it. Um, so first, I guess let's talk about the Eastern conference. Bucks are completely dominating. They look great. Uh, Giannis, you know, they won five straight, uh, I think Chris Middleton's still out. Um, Cavaliers five and one, winners of five straight. Also, Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell, they've been great for that team. Uh, they had a game the other day. It was like they both scored forty-one points. I think it was or both forty-two points. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has been a perfect fit for Cleveland. This is what they needed. They continue to play like this. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Celtics four and two, the Hawks four and two, looking good. It's still early on. Because, uh, yeah, you have the Hornets and the Knicks there, 5-6, and 3-3. Three and three, But um, I don't think that'll last. Uh, Raptors, Raptors, Wizards, all 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Sixers, they took a while for them to get those uh, to get those three wins that they have, 3-4. and four. They I think they start off 0-3. Oh uh, Bulls, 3-4. and four. The Heat are 2-5, and five, not looking good at all. And then the, the Nets at 1-5, and five, losers of four straight. I don't know how... 
I don't I don't think this team's gonna do it at all. Um Ben Simmons is is seriously an issue. They need Seth Curry. I don't know why I keep talking about Brooklyn. Um they need Seth Curry. He's coming back from injury. Um they need his shooting. Uh but Ben Simmons needs to be able to stay on the floor, needs to be able to defend, but he just has no confidence at all. And he just like he looks weird out there. And you're just relying heavily on uh, Kevin Durant, but this team is is heavily flawed. Um same with the Sixers too. Like I just I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not a big believer in Doc Rivers anymore. He's had so many opportunities to win the championship. He did in 08, but that was, you know, that team I feel like they were destined to win either way. But then after that, he had all those teams in the Clippers that that should have made the NBA Finals at least, but then they just constant early exits in the playoffs for Doc Rivers. Um and then moving on to the West, you have the Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers at 5 and 1. I, you know, I'm not going to say that um I'm right or anything because it's only six games in and I had him going to the play-in tournament and then winning out of the play-in, play-in tournament and then making the seven or eight seed in the NBA. And that's not a discredit to Damian Lillard and what they're doing there in Portland, but it's more because the West is so competitive. The West is so tough uh, this year and every year, it seems like. But um, that's actually giving them uh, more respect, I think, because a lot of teams and a lot of experts and analysts and stuff said that they were going to go under their win total and that they weren't going to make the playoffs. I like this Portland team. There's, it's not great, but what they put around Dame Lillard works a lot, I think, and works well. Um, Anthony Simons is taking the next step. Um, Dame Lillard looks great after injury. He still has that burst. He's still able to put the team on his back. He looks amazing still, and he was scoring 30-plus points in a few games. And... Um, uh, Jeremy Grant was a good pickup and you know Chauncey Billups making in-game adjustments actually shown that he can coach so good for him uh, Phoenix Suns five and one winners of four straight beating they beat the Warriors pretty bad um, in Phoenix I just uh, I thought they were gonna take a step back I mean it's still early on um, I think you know with the I guess the DeAndre Ayton thing is sorted out I don't know maybe him and Monty Williams have, have spoken since everything happened in the playoffs I'm not sure, but they usually have um, some early exits. Uh, these two teams are surprising me. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, 5-2. and two. I thought they were taking it for Webb Yada, but it's not working. Um, I told you, Coach Popovich does not believe in tanking whatsoever. Uh, but I thought the Utah Jazz were also tanking, but they're sort of 5-2. and two. I keep betting them, and I keep losing because they keep winning. Uh, but I think you know things will even out as the season progresses. Obviously, uh, Pelicans four and two, uh, Grizzlies four and two as well, and then uh, Timberwolves four and three, and the Nuggets at four and three. Um, so the teams that are below the ninth seed, though, are teams that you know we all expected to be on top of the standings. You have the Mavericks at three and three of the tenth spot. They don't they don't have as much consistent help around Luca. They needed badly to keep. Um, Jalen Brunson and Christian Wood isn't like their maturity wise yet. Um, Luca has been insane though, but that's why I always have them making the playoffs because that one player, I think in Luca, he can put that team over the top at any moment. It's like, he has like the LeBron effect where, you know, whoever you have around him, they can still do well. I don't know about this year for LeBron, but we'll get into that. Uh, Golden State Warriors, losers are two straight to three and four. I'm not worried about Golden State. I'm not worried because, you know, their main guys are veteran guys. They still have the same coaching staff. They know what it takes to get there, right? But I'm worried about the younger, the not the younger guys, but the guys who, the newly acquired guys, the the, the guys that they just signed. 
Um, I think they're, they lost a lot defensively when they lost Otto Porter Jr. and um, Gary Payton II. They don't have that same defensive versatility that they had before, right? So, and then even even Juan Toscano Anderson, like, you know, he came in in spots. And when they did have to rely on him heavily, if there was an injury or something, he was pretty good defensively. So they don't have that, that defensive depth as, as they did before. So they're having to, you know, outscore opponents. And, you know, Jordan Poole has looked great. And so has Steph Curry. Clay has, you know, he's looked okay in spots. But, you know, he's still... You know, Clay was saying that he he gets a lot of anxiety when he's trying to when he starts playing basketball again because he's just scared that he's going to get injured again. And you can't when you play like that, that's when you get injured again. And so he didn't pick up a basketball at all this summer. He said he like barely played because every time he tried to practice, he would get anxiety. So he's still trying to get you know used to playing and you know get in a rhythm with everything. So right now he's starting off a little bit slow, uh, but I think. Probably around December, he'll feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, the Warriors are still limiting his minutes and, you know, trying to protect him. But, you know, they should just let him run with it. And he's obviously frustrated with the limited minutes. But, uh, yeah, not not worried about the slow start from Golden State. I am worried about the Clippers, though. Losers of four straight, managing the minutes of, of Kawhi Leonard. And you, you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back. But I always said that, you know, they're they're two great players, but they don't play well together. Like Paul, like I think the Clippers are better when Paul George is like leading the offense. When he's like the main ball handler and the offense runs through Paul George, he like the team's better like that. Paul George is not a good number two guy. He's not like the best number one guy, but I think for the way his game works, he needs to get baskets early. He needs to get in a rhythm early, and he needs to be like the main focal point of the offense. He can't play second fiddle to someone else. Like that's just not how he plays, and that's not the best that's not like the best way that he plays. Right. And I think for Kawhi, you know, he, he's played alongside other people and been like a number two, but now in this point of his career, he's a number one, but he comes off of the bench sometimes, but he gets, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird situation. And I don't like it. If like Kawhi was playing, like he was in Toronto, he was just playing through everything. Then I think they could win the championship, but that doesn't seem like that's happening. So I, I'm going to say no. Uh, Lakers finally got their first win, and they acted like they won the uh, the NBA Finals. Um, Russell Westbrook came off the bench at 18 points. Um, let's see, LeBron looked okay, but you know, I, for this to be consistent, you know, you have to have Russell Westbrook, you know, play like that every time, right? And I'm, you know, there's a lot of slander on on Russell Westbrook and blaming him for a lot of it. It's not him, you know. I I think it's more on Anthony Davis. And it's more on Rob Polinka. You know, they had a they had a championship team in 2020, but they got rid of Danny Green. They got rid of uh, KCP. They got rid of who else was on the team? Um, Dennis Schroeder. I mean, even though he he turned down that contract, they still let him go. Like they they had all these pieces, all these shooters and defenders, three and D guys around LeBron, which is what you need. But they got rid of all of them, and then they brought in a whole new roster and expecting it to work. And they got rid of Rondo and all these guys and they brought in Russell Westbrook and it just wasn't going to work because he's a ball dominant guy. The highest usage rated rated uh, point guards in the NBA have always been James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And then even, even worse, Houston was like, Oh, let's bring in both of them. So they had both Russell Westbrook and James Harden two top, top two high usage point guards. So it's like, okay, so we're just going to dribble the ball back and forth and pass it and then just shoot it 25 times a game. Like, okay, that's going to work. And then, so then the Lakers are like, oh yeah, I have. Let me bring him in after we have LeBron, who already plays like point forward. Let's bring in 
Russell Westbrook, who needs the ball in his hands all the time. Like, just, that just doesn't make sense. So this is on Rob Polinka. There's not much they could do uh, trade-wise. I guess there was some rumors about Miles um, Turner from Indiana with Buddy Heald. I would do that trade in a second if they were interested because Buddy Heald, he can shoot, and you can have Miles Turner down low. He'll need some help defensively because he's not the best defender, but he can block, but he's not he's not as physical down low as, as you want him to be, but he can help take some pressure off AD. But, uh, but yeah. So that's checking in the NBA. Um, it's been good. It's been it's been nice. You know, come home, you get some football on, um, then you get some NBA World Series. It just I love it so much. So, um, but yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back uh, next Monday. So have a good week.